This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 7th of January. In your Squiz today, the Djokovic saga continues. Japan and Australia sign a new treaty. Sprung on Google Street View. And a lot of worries about no worries. This is your Squiz today. The news that tennis world number one Novak Djokovic was detained by Australian border force and denied entry into Australia made headlines around the world yesterday. The saga is set to continue for a few more days with his lawyers working to prevent him from being deported. He's currently in immigration detention in Melbourne. Claire, it's an extraordinary situation and unpacking what's happened is to untangle border rules, tournament rules and a seeming lack of communication. Yeah, and you've got a feel for Team Djokovic as they try and get their heads around Australia's cooperative federalism and <laughs> who's responsible for what. But certainly they have hit that wall. And what we know is that Tennis Australia and the Victorian government went through a process about deciding whether he would be able to compete at the tournament. They gave him the thumbs up on that and said that he was exempt from their uh, vaccination rules. But when it comes to entering the country, it's a whole other thing and Djokovic was detained at the airport as you say and his visa was cancelled because he wasn't able to prove uh, why he should be given an exemption because he's not vaccinated. It's definitely a story that's playing out in real time. Also playing out in real time is the back and forth about who's to blame for the whole situation. Yep, and we can get set for a whole Friday, Saturday, Sunday of that and probably Mm -hmm. beyond. What Prime Minister Scott Morrison said yesterday is that uh, problems with Djokovic's vaccination status were flagged to Tennis Australia in November and he says that the rules are the rules and no one gets special treatment. But there are others who say that the situation is a result uh, of a failure of process by the federal government and overnight Djokovic's family have called it the greatest sporting and diplomatic scandal. They say that he is a representative of the free world and what the Australian government done is really uh, walk all over the people of Serbia. Uh, But representing the pro tennis community last night was Rafael Nadal. Yeah, he said that everyone is free to take their own decisions, but then there are consequences. It's one to watch for sure across the weekend and on Monday. That's when Djokovic's case will go before the federal court. Tennis Australia are really hoping that it's all resolved by Tuesday at the latest because that's when the draw comes out. And if Djokovic can't play, they'll need to find another player for the draw. The judge isn't giving any promises, though, to get it done according to their time frame. More to come. On to some positive international relations. Japan and Australia have signed a new defence treaty. It's called the Reciprocal Access Agreement. It's been a long time coming. Negotiations started back in 2014. But it's pretty significant for a couple of reasons, Claire. Yep, they're really sexy, these security packs, aren't they? The Reciprocal Agreement. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is a big deal for Japan. They haven't done this sort of deal before. Uh, Practically what it means is that there's going to be more military exercises between our countries. Japan, of course, is like Australia. We're increasingly concerned about China and its role in the region. uh, And it's one of those where we'll work very closely together. The signing happened virtually, of course. Japan's new Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, was to have come over to Australia for it. But COVID, the COVID situation in his country put a stop to that. 
Over to Italy now, and while there have been some funny things caught on Google Street View over the years, this story is pretty extraordinary. An Italian mafia boss who'd been on the run for 20 years was tracked down to a town in Spain and arrested after being spotted on Google Street View. Yeah, his name was Gio Acino Gamino. Uh, he is someone who has been put down as a most wanted uh, person coming out of mm. Italy involved with mafia business. He has been convicted of murder, but he made his way to Spain where he's been missing for about 20 years. But he did pop up on a Google Street View <laughs> and authorities were able to really <laughs> deep dive into that and confirm that it was him. So he's now been arrested arrested. Uh, He had been working as a restaurateur. One of the things they say that gave him away was that at his restaurant, there was a menu item called the Sicilian dinner. (laughs) Don't know whether that's a good experience or a bad Mm. one. Uh, But anyway, Google has helped them get him back in line. The uh, the cops did want to say that it's not that they spend their days waiting through Google Maps to find fugitives. <laughs> they were on a good path, but Google Maps just helped to confirm their investigations. As for the crim, he said it's very unlucky. He hasn't even called his family for 10 years. So uh, very unlucky indeed. Lots of year in review pieces in the beginning of a new year. We looked at house prices for 2021 earlier in the week. And now the Bureau of Meteorology have released the data for the weather in 2021. Overall, Claire, it was one of the cooler years. It was cooler. La Nina has certainly helped that along. We had uh, La Nina in our lives at the start of the year and towards the end. La Nina is set to hang around until autumn, so we've got some more soggy weather still coming. Uh, But what happened in 2021 is that it was uh, a cooler, mean temperature average over the year than what we're used to. Uh, But what the Weather Bureau experts say is that doesn't necessarily mean that it was cool. Climate warming, of course, means that we are still quite a bit above averages when you look at the 60s to the 90s. While we're looking back at 2021, we, of course, did a year in review and looked at the biggest news stories of 2021. It's a great read. It's amazing how much happened when you take a look back at all of it in one. We also did a wrap of the quirky news stories and our favourite bits and bobs from the year. I'll put links to both of those in your episode notes. Well worth a look. Each year, Clara University in Michigan publishes a list of banned words. I kind of feel personally attacked here. They've added no worries to the list this year. <laughs> it's an Australianism. <laughs> uh, they put their hands up and say they understand what that all means. But apparently it's really infiltrating American language. And for the Americans, they take it quite literally and are finding <laughs> it very confusing when people are telling them to have no worries. They actually find that quite stressful. They've really sort of lost the nuance where... Of course, when we say it, uh, what we mean is like, if you're being thanked, like it was no hassle. Don't worry about it. No worries. Yeah, Yeah, they really don't get one person put in their submission. If I'm not worried, I don't want anyone telling me not to worry. (laughs) That if I'm upset, I want to discuss being upset. So uh, I think they've missed the point. Just overthinking it a bit. Absolutely. (laughs) 
before we sign off, Claire, it's Friday. We always include a recipe in the Squiz Today email on a Friday in amidst the Friday lights. Ottolenghi kicking us off with the first recipe recommendation for the year. So a mate of mine who is quite health conscious but also a really good cook uh, did this over the break for some mates of theirs. Uh, I got a taste of it and it's really, really good and I've made a batch of it myself and put a bit away in the freezer. Uh, What it is is just a meatless ragu. Um, it, it has all these really great ingredients, which if you're turning a new leaf into the new year, <laughs> you really should be probably consuming some more of. So it ticks all of those boxes. Yeah, it's a really tasty and a good one. I love anything that has tray bake in the title, so I'm a bit yeah, intrigued. Totally. It makes it sound easy. I'll pop a link to that in your episode notes. Squeeze the day or weekend. Claire, what are you keeping an eye on? What I'm keeping an eye on is it's Kate's, um, the Duchess of Cambridge's 40th birthday. Oh, yeah, that's happening on Sunday. I had also made notes of a couple of birthdays on Saturday. It's an eclectic roundup of people. David Bowie, Elvis Presley, Stephen Hawking and Kim Jong-un all celebrating a birthday on Saturday. (laughs) Well, that's quite a birthday party if they were to get together, wasn't it? Just imagine all of those people in a room. What a time. (laughs) Have a good Friday. Have a good weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP.